14 and verse 16 is where we're going to start. As I said, the Lord has been dealing with me for several days now concerning the Holy Spirit. You know, so many, so many places today it looked like, and I don't want us to be one of them if we have been. I've been praying all week long. If we have been, God forgive us of it. Uh, places that sort of ignore the Holy Spirit. Now, he's all right to sing about in a song, but when it comes to anything else, we get nervous. A lot of people get nervous when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, especially when you call him the Holy Ghost. People get nervous about those kind of things. Let me tell you something, folks. Are you nervous about God? Are you nervous about Jesus? Then you don't need to be nervous about the Holy Spirit because they all three function together. God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whichever way you want to say it. If I say Holy Spirit and I say Holy Ghost while I'm preaching, I'm talking about the same person. I want you to notice I said person because the Holy Spirit is not an it. Okay. We've got to remember that. He's not a thing. He is a person with a personality. He has a soul. He has emotions. He can be grieved. So we're wanting to... We're going to spend some time over the next little while talking about the Holy Spirit. And I've entitled this series of message, The Helper Has Come. The Helper. Here in this scripture, Jesus, let me just set the scene for you. Jesus was with his disciples in the upper room. You go back in chapter 13, they have the Lord's Supper. Jesus washes their feet. He gives gives them the greatest command about love that the church can have today because he said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You notice that's where he, he brought everything in our Christian life down to loving one another. So he said, This is the way people know that you're a child of God is because of the love that generates from you, but that can only happen through the Holy Spirit Romans 5, 5 says that the, that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts and lives by the Holy Ghost. So, so he said, that, but then he goes on. And in chapter 14, he, he shares with them about that he's gone away. He's going to go prepare a place for them. And then he told them in chapter 14, verse 12, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Well, and then in verse 15, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now notice, he said, The way that everybody will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, the way I know you're my disciple if you love me and keep my commandments. But then the next verse, he's about to go away, and they're heavy-hearted about this. And the next verse, verse 16, he says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now the word comforter here, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. We'll see this. But the word comforter here in the Greek, it's, it's, uh, it's the word parakletos. And I know that don't mean a lot to you. You can, you can take that and go up to the steakhouse house and tell them that your pastor learned you a new word today and they'll still charge you full price for your food. And if you tell them what it was, they may charge you extra. I don't know. But the word parakletos means counselor, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, 
but it also means helper. And a lot of the translations that I've read this week in, in this talks about, he said, I will pray the Father and he will send you another helper. Now, you've you got to understand that when Jesus was on this earth, he was the disciples' helper. He helped them get through the storms. He helped them walk on the water. He helped them heal the sick. He helped them open blind eyes. He helped them cause the, the mute to talk again, the deaf to hear. He, he helped them raise people from the dead. He helped them feed the multitudes. He was their helper. He was their comforter. He was their counselor. He was their standby. He was everything that we mentioned here that this term in the Greek means comforter. He was all of that to them. Now, as far as they're concerned, that's about to be taken away and they're left down here to flounder around on their own. That, I no doubt, was their thought. Wouldn't that be your thought too? I mean, in a human way of thinking, wouldn't that be your thought? Well, let me tell you something, folks. God has never at any time left us alone. Can't we be glad of that? God is more diligent than the devil, and the devil's never left you alone. Right? So we know that God is faithful, and God's not leaving us alone. God is there with us, and He's there with us through the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to talk about the purpose of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see over these next several times, we're going to talk about the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Then we're going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. How that, that He's a person. And how that this person desires to infill people today. And, and then we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. See, here's, here's some things that we're lacking in in the church today. It's an understanding about the infilling or the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the power that that generates. Now, we get, we get nervous about that. The reason we do, that, that we've got nervous about it, is because that there's been people in times past that went extreme one way, and then there's people that went extreme another way. There's churches that will not even recognize the Holy Spirit, except, like I said earlier, in a song or in a word or maybe in a prayer, but they don't recognize His power, His ability, His working, His moving. They don't recognize that He's a person. And so many times people don't because they'll say, boy, something just told me something. He's not a something. Not at all. You men, wouldn't it be something if you were to come in and, and, and here you are talking to your children and the mother's done told them something and, and you say to them, well, now listen, something has done told you not to do that. That'd go real big, wouldn't it? So the Holy Spirit is a, is a someone. He's, he's not a thing. But, and a lot of churches don't want that. They, you know why they don't want that? Because they don't want to be responsible for the, for the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit, and they don't want to have anything to do with speaking in tongues. People say, oh, all that's passed away. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not passed away. And then on the other hand, you have the group that says if you're going to have anything to do with the Holy Spirit, you have got to walk a certain way, live a certain kind of life, wear your sleeves down to your wrist, and, and women wear their hair up and have no makeup and long dresses and all of this kind of thing. And both sides has turned people off. 
Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. The Holy Spirit is real. His power is real. His person is real. His working is real. And we need, to, we need to come to understand that in so many places He's grieved because people will not let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit in their lives, in their family, and in their churches. You know, I, I believe that, that if the church would get back to being like Paul told the Corinthian people that when I come, I didn't come with excellency of words. He said, I didn't have words, didn't have programs, didn't have all of this kind of stuff. He said, but I came in demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know why we have to have programs? Do you know why we have to have things? And, and y'all, excuse me, can I just preach from my heart for just a few minutes? Do you know why that so many times we have to have worldly kind of things in the church to get worldly people in? It's because that we're trying to replace the work of the Holy Spirit and there's nothing that can replace the work of the Holy Spirit. Folks, you can get crowds, you can get people to come, but if there's not something to change their life, if, there, if there's not someone there that will make a difference in their life, then all you got is a big crowd of people going back out and don't have what they need in their life to live. You ever wonder why that so many times it's so hard for us to, to live good one it's so, it's so easy for us to live good one day and then the next day it looks like we're just down again? It's because we're lacking the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when we talk about this, there's a thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit and there's the baptism with the Holy Spirit and they're two different things. And we'll talk about that, but let's, I'll give you a little clue so you don't go off wondering about this for till I get to it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is what puts us into the body of Christ. The baptism with or in the Holy Spirit is what Jesus does to those that are in the body of Christ. And people say, oh, I got all of that when I got saved. Well, I, I can't figure out yet because every pattern in the Bible, in the book of Acts, where it talks about this, Every pattern was that they got saved and then they got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I've never found in the Bible where God said, I'll just put it all together and one, forget about all this other stuff. Now, y'all don't shout me down because I'm preaching good now. Because I'm telling you, we've got Bible doctrine to stand on for what we're going to talk about during this time. The power of the Holy Spirit. I need that in my life. You need that in your life. And I'm not talking about just the power to do miracles, but we need that. The power for the gifts of the Spirit to work and, and see sick people here. We need that kind of thing. But I'm talking about Holy Ghost power to live and function every day of my life so that I can live that Christian life and I can live it as good or better today than I did yesterday instead of feeling like I'm going backwards. And the Holy Spirit's here to help us. To help us. I want to look for a few minutes this morning at the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The purpose. Why do we have this? First of all, we have the Holy Spirit forever. He's not going to get one day say, well, I'm through with you, church. I'm just going to take the Holy Spirit away from you. Listen, as long as the church is on this earth, the Holy, the Holy Spirit's here. As long as the church is functioning, as long as the body of Christ is still on this earth, the Holy Spirit's going to be here, and He's willing to move and work in lives and in places of people that will open themselves up and allow the Holy Spirit to work. Now, let me, let me say something here, too. It, it's so easy for us to, when we get to talking about the Holy Spirit, somebody say, well, you're glorifying the Holy Spirit instead of Jesus. Oh, no. No, 
I'm helping us understand that the Holy Spirit has come to glorify Him and He wants to glorify Him in and through us. But if we don't know that, then we're not going to do it and we're not going to allow it to happen. His purpose is to teach us all things. You mean all things? Well, let's look in, in John chapter 14, verse 26. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus, He identified the Comforter, but the Comforter, which is, you notice which is, is in brackets there. If you've got a King James Bible in print, then you see it in italics. But the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. Wow. How many things will he teach us? All things. And, and you know, it's so easy for us to say, well, now, you know, he'll teach me some things, and he'll teach JJ some things, and, and he'll teach Michael some things, and then all of us together have all the... Now, listen, it, it, that's okay if JJ and Michael to share with me what the Holy Spirit's teaching them, and I share with them what the Holy Spirit's teaching me. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is personal. He's not just for the body of Christ. He's for this one, this individual one as well. Let me tell you, if I'm the only person from this point on that believes in the purpose and the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, He'll work in my life. And He'll show me everything that I need to know. Everything that I need to, to come to, whether it's in the spiritual realm, and I believe He'll show me everything I need in the natural realm. Now, He ain't going to dump it all on me at one time. I couldn't handle that, could you? I mean, if somebody were to take the, the Encyclopedia Britannica, which is now, you can get it on the Internet, and it's not 36 volumes anymore. But just to give you an idea how big it is, if somebody could take all of that and cram it together and put it in a, in a, in a capsule and give that to you, it wouldn't get your stomach good and it'd blow you up because you'd have all of that knowledge all at one time. But you see, we can work on getting it along and along, and the Holy Spirit will show us and teach us the things that we need as we need them. That's His purpose. He'll, and He'll bring all things you remember. Now, not real good, is it? And folks, I've I seen in this this week, I've seen, I've seen that I've, my English is not real good, is it, Bobby? I saw in this this week, this right here, listen. If he is going to bring all things to my remembrance, my rememberer has got to be working good. Right? There again, he's not just talking about spiritual things. Folks, we need to quit confessing, being scatterbrained and can't think and can't remember and all of that kind of stuff because the Holy Spirit will bring things to our remembrance when we look to him and when we ask him and when we trust him, he'll do that. If we don't get over in the in the realm of just being so human that, well, you know, I reckon I'm just getting old. I forget everything anymore. I'm not going to confess that. I'm not going to confess all time. And I don't want you confessing over me. I don't believe in old timers, sun, sun timers or sundowners or anything like that. I believe that the Word of God declares that I have the mind of Christ. And because the Holy Spirit is living in me, He's not only teaching me all things, but He's bringing all things to my remembrance. The things that He's shown me in the Word of God. There's many times that, that, that even in talking to somebody, not just in preaching, but in talking to somebody, all of a sudden something to come up out of me, and, and later on I get to think, man, I haven't thought about that in a long time. How's the Holy Spirit bringing that up? 
The Holy Spirit bringing that up. And many times I pray for the Holy Spirit to give me new revelation as I preach, but also to bring up that, that old revelation of things that I already know. Bring that back and, and bring that back up in me. Listen, folks, the Holy Spirit has got more to do than just cause somebody to talk in tongues because if tongues is all you're basing your Holy Ghost experience on, you're missing the majority of the trip that the Holy Ghost came for. John 15, 26. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to testify of Jesus. But when the Comforter, the Helper, is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Do you know, Jesus, and in the next verse he said, in verse 27, and he said, he will testify of me, and you will testify of me. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he gives a reason for the Holy Spirit coming and in filling those people. He said in Acts 1.8, He said, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. The Holy Spirit, folks, witnesses of Jesus. Do you know that the only way that you ever could ever be born again is for the Holy Spirit to bring you and bring you to that realization and that understanding that Jesus died for you on the cross of Calvary, that's the Holy Spirit testifying of Jesus. And then His power and His name and His greatness in our life, the Holy Spirit brings that to light to us and testifies. You know, people say, but the Holy Spirit will empower you to testify. You know, people say, well, I just, I just, can't, I just can't witness to people. Now, listen. If you'll hook up with the Holy Ghost, you can witness to anybody you need to at any time the opportunity's there. And He'll show you those kind of things. You say, Preacher, if I'm not witnessing, does that mean I'm not filled with the Spirit? It means that you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to function in that part of His purpose in your life. You see, folks, I'm, I'm telling you, I look back over the ministry of in this church the last good little while. And you know, we've been guilty of not talking much about the Holy Spirit, His purpose, His power. We've, we've been guilty of not talking much about the Holy, uh, Holy Spirit in filling and empowerment and the gifts of the Spirit. And, and, and sometimes we don't do that as a church because we don't want to offend nobody. But let me tell you, some of the largest churches in America today that are really reaching people, I'm not talking about the, the dog and pony show churches. I'm talking about the churches that are really reaching people are not ashamed of the Holy Spirit in their service and in their lives and in their church and worship. This is the key element that we need. We need to be willing to be witnesses. Witnesses of the, of, of, of the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because he's come to testify of Jesus. The helper, he'll help me. He'll help me know what to say. He'll help me know when to say it. He'll help me know who to say it to. So we need to be ready for that. And then another thing, as we look on down in, in John 16, verses 7 through 11. He said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth that is necessary for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Helper will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him. So Jesus said, here's something. He said, 
I've been with you guys. I've been here. I've led you through these things. I've taught you in these things. But listen, it's important for you that I go away. Because if I go away, I'll send the Comforter, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, where that Jesus was with twelve and, and, and they were able to function in His presence. Now then, He said, it's necessary that I go away so that the Holy Spirit will come and fill all the believers. All the believers. In Acts chapter 2, that, that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, all of those, 120, were in one accord, and it filled all of them. He filled all of them. And He filled all the believers. And He's still filling people today. But the only way He could do that is for Jesus to go away. And Jesus went away, didn't He? And you read in Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost had come and Peter got out preaching that you kiss what you see and hear. The Holy Spirit, He said, Jesus, that you kill. And He rose from the grave and He ascended to the Father. He said, He has poured that out upon us, folks. The fulfillment had come. And he, he came just according and exactly like the Word of God said. If Jesus had not gone to heaven, the Holy Spirit would not be functioning in the earth today such as He is. But He said, here's what He'll do. He said, when He comes, He'll convict. Convict, not condemn. Convict. Convince. Prove to the world about sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And here's what he's saying. When the Holy Ghost has come, he's the one that will convict you of your sins. You won't have to have some preacher to do it. You won't have to have a written down word to do it. The Holy Spirit will convict you of your sins. He'll convict the world of sin. Do you know, folks, that when we walk in the power of of the Holy Spirit of God that the world will get convicted of sin and we, we a lot of times don't even have to say a word. I was reading one time about Smith Wigglesworth many years ago. man so full of the Holy Spirit that he was on a train and he went through the, the dining car going to the restroom and as he walked in there was two Catholic priests sitting at the table and he walked by them, he went to the restroom and came back out and as he was walking back by him, one of them fell on his knees and grabbed the host of his coat and said, My God, man, you convict me of my sin. It was the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be something that we could be so full of the Holy Ghost that the next time we go shopping at the grocery store, somebody come up in the aisle and say, Man, I'm convicted of my sins. Would you pray for me? Convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of righteousness because that Jesus died for us on the cross of Calvary. The only way that we can have righteousness, that righteousness don't come because that we do something good or we act some good way. That righteousness comes, folks, because that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we accept that in our life. And then judgment. He said, here's the ultimate of judgment. The prince of this world is judged and is cast out. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to help us carry the Word of God and then uh, to help in convicting people and bringing them to Jesus Christ. And then he said in the next verse, verse 13, he said, and, and, they, and they appeared... Uh-oh. <laughs> I got that in that line, didn't I? It's Acts, I mean, John 16, 13. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. 
For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now here's an important thing. Him. And we honor The Holy Spirit don't come to glorify self. We honor Him. And we honor Jesus through Him. But He don't come to, to just... A church should not be built on the Holy Spirit. The church should be built upon the Word of God in the name of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Powered by the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, taught by the Holy Spirit, moved by the Holy Spirit. And that's what he said that he's come to do. He said that he would uh, speak of Jesus and that he'd show you things to come. Now, he's not talking about just the latter day things of the end of the world. He's talking about in your everyday life. He's talking about the, that 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 He's the one that the next time you get in your automobile and you're going to go a certain way, but you feel in you, hey, I don't need to go that way. I need to go this way. That's the Holy Spirit telling you that. That's the Holy Spirit telling you not to open that door, not to go there, not to buy that, not to do, not to do these things. He'll show you things to come. He'll help us understand that, that there's danger ahead so many times. He'll help us understand there's good ahead. He'll help us understand, hey, folks, if nothing else, He'll help us understand that Jesus is soon coming back and this whole life is worth living and serving Him and then dying and going to heaven for. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 14. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine and shall show it unto you. He'll glorify Jesus. Now let me show you something here. When we, when we get to talking about the moving of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in our life, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 3, it says, How be it in the Spirit no man can curse Christ, but no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Now we can call Him Lord. We can give Him a title. We can let Him... We can say Jesus is Lord just like they did so many times. But when it comes to my relationship to Him, folks, that relationship is conveyed and secured through the moving of the Holy Spirit. And when I, through the Spirit, call Him Lord, it's a whole different dimension than just saying, well, Jesus, Lord. Or somebody hitting their finger and saying, oh, Lord. He said that He'll... He shall glorify me. Glorify Jesus. What's all of her? What's all the whole thing about? Is it to glorify the pastor? Is it to glorify the praise and worship team? Is it to glorify even the Holy Ghost? No, it's to glorify Jesus. That's the whole push behind everything with the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, uh, 15. All things that the Father hath of mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. He will teach us things that are not knowable except by the Holy Ghost. Now we're getting over into the gifts of the Spirit when we start talking about this. Talking about the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. And there's been many times that I've seen this work in my life. I have seen this work and other people spoke into my life. And it was things that the Holy Spirit related to them. Probably one of the most dramatic that I'd ever had was when God was dealing with me and I was there in North Carolina to quit 
to quit working and pastor the church full time, and I was praying about it. And we had gone to a church service, and, and, and when the, uh, the preacher got through preaching that night, he had everybody to stand. Everybody needed prayer to come down, but he pointed at me, and he said, Sir, right there, I had a blue suit on. He said, Sir, right there in a the blue suit, don't leave. He said, God's got a word for you. And I'd never seen this guy in my life. And, and so he said, Come on up here. God wants to give it to you now. I said, The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you now. And like I said, I'd been praying about, about quitting work and pastoring the church full time. And so he, he brought me up there and he said, he said, the Lord said that he's changing your ministry from the workplace to the pulpit. And he said, now you know what that means. Yeah, I knew what that meant. And he said, not only that, but he's changing your style from preaching to teaching. And I didn't fully understand that. He said, but what I see, he said, I see you like a big bulldozer with a big, the big blade on the front of it. And he said, you're reaching up to heaven and God's filling it full and you're bringing it back down and pouring it out on the people and you're reaching it up and he's bringing it back down and pouring it out on the people. And, and I knew exactly what he, was, what he was getting at. I knew he was, he was showing me things that only the Holy Spirit could let him know and that the Holy Spirit could show me and help me understand. There's been many times that I've spoken to people's lives. And see, you don't have to be at the end of a church service and an invitation time to be able to do that. There's been so many times that people have come to me and a word just come up in here and I give them that word and it's something that only the Holy Spirit can help me know. He'll show us things that are only knowable by the Holy Spirit. But folks, if we're not trying to hook up with the Holy Spirit, He's not able to show us anything. I mean, if we're constantly ignoring Him and turning away from Him and not trying to listen to Him, then He can't show us anything. I want you to know this, that the Holy Spirit's not going to grab you by the hair of the head and slap you and say, you're going to know this whether you want to or not. I wish it was. I agree with you. Of course, you'd be in bad shape. You ain't got no hair back there to grab. But anyhow, <laughs> you'd have to get you by the shirt collar, wouldn't you, Mike? Amen. Amen. But He'll show you things that only the Holy Spirit can help you know. I was, I was listening to a fellow the other day, and he talked about a businessman in his church that started out with a little construction company. It just him and one other guy worked in it. And this fellow set aside one week every three months to where he went off and just took his Bible and a, a notepad and a pencil. And he'd go and he'd get before the Lord and spend the time in prayer and fasting. And he would present to God the things that he had, that he was looking at, the things that he needed to do, and he would just pray and listen. And the Holy Spirit would show him the jobs he needed to bid on, how to bid, the things to do along that line. And this fellow, one week every three months, would do this. Now, I'm sure he did it other times, but just in relation to his business. And now, folks, listen, that fellow owns one of the biggest con privately owned construction companies in Dallas, Texas. Why? Because the Holy Spirit showed him things that only the Holy Spirit could show him. They showed him who to bid, or where to bid, and when to bid, and how much to bid, and, and the things that people to hire would show him all of these things. Only the Holy Spirit, folks, can do those kind of things. He'll work with us in everyday life, all the time. 
I, I remember many years ago, we'd lived in North Carolina, and we'd come home, and me and my dad had gone fishing, and I think a couple of boys was with us, and we'd gone fishing. But somehow or another, Daddy's boat trailer had got to where at a certain time, it'd just jump off the ball. You know, the ball on the truck. It'd just jump up off of it. Of course, we had the chains on it and all of that. But we had been out to Ballard Creek fishing, and we were coming back. After we caught so many fish that day, we had to put them in two piles. But anyway, you think about that for a minute. <laughs> we, were, we were coming back, and we crossed the bridge, and there was a bump there. And when we hit that bump, the, the, the trailer come off the truck again, and it hit. And, and we went out there, and Dad said, I don't know what's wrong with this, with this crazy trailer, this thing that won't stay hooked to the truck. And, and I, I walked in there and looked at that thing, and I said, I don't know either, Daddy, but let's pray about it. Now, my daddy was a good man, Christian man, preacher man, all of these kind of things. But I said, let's pray about this thing. And he looked at me like, pray over that? Yeah. And, and as I was praying, honest to goodness, folks, as I was praying, my hand just went down under, under that trailer on the, the ball up there, and there was a nut down there that tightened that latch up, and I just tightened it up. Never had any more trouble with it. Now, that was the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, I'm telling you, he, he wants to show us things that only the Holy Spirit can let us know. You won't learn it in a book. And you, you may think, well, anybody ought to know that. This anybody didn't know that at that time. But I've known it since then. And any trailer that I mess with, I check that nut a lot of times to make sure that everything is just right like it's supposed to be. He'll show us things that are only knowable except by the Holy Spirit. And here's another thing that he's come to do. He's come to baptize us into the body of Christ. That's his purpose. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. For by one Spirit, everybody say one Spirit. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Now, let me explain something to you here. There's at least three baptisms that we do in the church. Three of them. One of them is water baptism. And a lot of us don't understand that like we need to. What it represents, water baptism, folks, is a representation of the fact that I'm putting this old flesh to death and I'm rising up to walk in newness of life. You do that after you get born again. If you were not born again when you got baptized, the only thing you got was wet. That's it. And water in your ears. Okay? But if you were born again when you were baptized, you were symbolizing putting off the old flesh and being raised in newness of life with a commitment to walk in that newness of life from that time forth. When, but before then... You were baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ when you made Jesus Lord of your life. Isn't that what he says? For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's, that is right here the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bringing you to... He's the one that convicts you of your sins. He's the one that leads you to Jesus. That's that drawing when you, when you follow the invitation, whether, it's, whether you're in a motel room and kneel down beside a bed. That's the Holy Spirit leading you to that point. And if, you, and if you are born again, and I trust that you all are, then the Holy Spirit was the one that brought you to that point.
point. It wasn't because the preacher preached a good message. It wasn't because the singers sing a good song. It wasn't because it was on the 27th verse of Just As I Am. It wasn't none of those things. But it was the Holy Spirit pulling you. That's that knot that gets in there. That's that, you know, it just, and, and you can't, you be still and you hold on tight till your knuckles become white and it's still in there. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you. And then as you come, the Holy Spirit is applying the blood of Jesus. And through that blood of Jesus, He baptizes you into the body of Christ. Listen, folks, you don't have to join a church to be in the body of Christ. Did you realize that? You don't have to go to a certain place. You don't, have to, you don't even have to memorize any scripture to be in the body of Christ. The Sanhedrin, before they could be a member of the Sanhedrin Council, which was the high religious people of that day, they had to be able to quote the first five books of the, of the Old Testament. And if you get to thinking about that, that's a whole lot to have to quote, especially when you've got to learn the begats and when you've got to learn all the stuff in the temple. But they had to learn that before they could be called, be called the righteous Sanhedrin. But Jesus said, except your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees, you'll not enter heaven. When does my righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees? You don't have to know a verse. All you've got to do is come to Jesus and open up your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to baptize you into the body of Christ. Hey, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you don't have to be in a special place. You don't have to have a special name. You don't have to have any money in your pocket. You don't have to have any... You know, all you've got to have to come in the body of Christ is a desire for your life to change and faith to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, that He died for your sins on the cross of Calvary, and the ability to say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. For with your heart you believe the righteousness, with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. I'm so glad for the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful that the Holy Ghost worked in a motel room April the 2nd, 1969. But I'm so glad the Holy Ghost worked right here just a couple of weeks ago on Michael. He's worked on other people, and I've seen, I've seen this happen. The Holy Spirit working on people, and people come, and they allow the Holy Spirit to do His work in their life. So thankful that one day the Holy Spirit dealt with this boy and baptized him into the body of Christ. I'm there, and I don't intend to go anywhere else. Don't intend to move. Don't intend to bail out. Forty-eight years later, I'm still baptized into the body of Christ. And nothing, isn't that what Pat read us? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. It'll try. It'll come. Tribulation will come. Persecution will come. Distress will come. Nakedness will come. Famine will come. Pearl will come. People will come. Heavenly, uh, any, any kind of angelic being, all of these uh, satanic beings may come against me. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to stand like Paul and say, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Why? Because I've been baptized into the body of Christ. I've been baptized in water. And I'll tell you something else. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you can be too. But this morning, if Jesus is not Lord of your life, you need this first of all the baptisms. You need to allow the helper to help you come into Jesus today. 